It's good to have you all here. If you're a guest today that's visiting with us, uh, we want to welcome you, especially uh, because this is your first time. We're kind of like welcoming you into our house uh, for the first time. And so I hope our people have made a good impression. Uh, the pastor, not so much, but uh, people are awesome in this church. It's great to have you, though. And there are some cards in the back of the seats with ink pens uh, there. And we would love for you to fill one of those out. Uh, and you can fill it out. You can leave it laying in your seat uh, or you can take it to the welcome center following the service. And if you'll give it to someone at the welcome center, they have a really awesome gift for you back there. I promise you, we are not going to harass you. We're not going to bug you. I'm not even coming to your house. All right. Uh, and, and so we just want to know number one, that you're here and number two, what your name is. And that would be awesome. And so if you're looking for a church home, uh, I, I personally don't think you could, you can stop looking because I believe these are some of the best people that you'll find, uh, to worship our Lord and savior with, but it's great to have you today. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Deuteronomy this morning. We're in uh, week three of a series we started called give me a break. And the theme has kind of been along the lines of taking breaks during the summer. A lot of you have taken summer vacations, uh, I hope you've uh, got to do that. Uh, several of you shared with me things that you've done, uh, cruises and beach vacations and all kinds of cool stuff that, that you had an opportunity to do this summer. And what we're doing in this series is we're kind of taking this idea of taking a break, uh, getting some rest, getting some uh, refreshment in our life, and, and we're taking it and, and we're looking at some of the Ten Commandments. Uh, from the Old Testament of the Bible. And we're finding in those Ten Commandments ways that we can be refreshed and, and renewed spiritually. Uh, the Ten Commandments are basically some principles that God's given us to kind of show us how to navigate life. And so that's what we've been talking about. I, I really, uh, kind of the goal for this series is for us to maybe look at the Ten Commandments in a way we never have before. Because I believe we often look at the Ten Commandments and we think, well, you know, here's some Old Testament law, here's some Old Testament rules, you know, and we kind of look at it from that standpoint. But, but kind of the focus, I want us to kind of shift uh, our idea of, of this being something that we have to do to something that God is showing us. We have the freedom and he encourages us to do, right? We, we don't have to, but we get to because of who we are. We're children of God. We're children of the King of Kings. And he says, because of that, I, I'm going to show you the boundaries of our territory because I'm, I'm the King. And so I'm going to kind of show you the, the, the guidelines around what this looks like. And it's going to be awesome because of who you are and the freedoms that you now have. And so hopefully we'll look at the 10 commandments a little differently than we have in the past. At least that's the goal. Actually, my mother texted me that, uh, this past week and she said, I just listened to the podcast of last Sunday. And she said, I've never heard that commandment that you, sh uh, shared, uh, uh, shared in a way that you did. And so that's my goal is that we would think of them maybe a little bit differently than we ever had before. And, and that would challenge us to, to view them as these freedoms that we have. And, and so uh, today we're going to be looking at my favorite commandment. You're going to be glad you're here today. All right. Because today we're looking at the commandment that talks about rest. 
All right. And so be glad you're here because that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, I talked to a lot of people even this morning and, you know, I'd go up to them and I'd say, how are you doing? And, you know, they said, well, I'm tired. I'm worn, you know, worn out. And that's that, that's so typical anymore. And I'm like, well, you picked a great day to come to church because we're going to be talking about rest. Matter of fact, if you want to take a nap during this sermon, you feel free to do that. If you want to lay down and put your head in the person's lap beside you, it's OK. If you want to slobber on them just a little bit, it's all good because we're talking about resting and relaxing today. And if that's what it takes, and if you do that, someone will probably usher you out of here. All right. Uh, but although we have no ushers, I don't even know what happened. I mean, how do you not have ushers? You're having church and can't take an offering. Who does that? <clears throat> that's the pastor's responsibility. I'm pretty sure. So, uh, sorry about that. But Anyway, if you have money to give and no one asked you for it, you can just bring it up here while we're talking. But anyway, today we're going to be talking about rest. How many of you feel like you could use some more rest? Huh? <laughs> I mean, uh, there's just not enough hours in the day, right? Maybe it, we need a little more sleep. And, and it's interesting to me as I was thinking about this, when I was a little bitty kid, and, and some of you can relate to this, it was actually in my house, it was actually punishment at my house to get sent to your room and have to lay on your bed, right? That's how, that's how our parents punished us when we were children. If they didn't beat us, they sent us to our room, Right? and made us lay on our bed. And, and so I remember, you know, times when I would go in there and it was horrible. It was actually absolutely excruciating. And then I'd go to daycare because my parents both worked, they had jobs. And so I went to daycare when I was a little uh, kid. And so what we do in the afternoons, Miss Deborah, what we do every afternoon, Miss Deborah was not my daycare teacher, but she has got a lot of experience. She has a lot of experience working in daycares. Uh, but, uh, anyway, you know, I, I can remember I hated that. I didn't like nap time. I remember laying there looking up at the ceiling thinking, good grief. When is this ever going to be over? Right? Because I don't want to take a nap. I want to have fun, right? I've got all this energy. I've got all this stuff to do. And then we become adults, right? And now I would love nothing more than to get home and Lynette say, go to your room and lay on the bed. Right? I'd just say, thank you, Jesus. You finally saved her. You know? I, I would be, oh, I told her, I promised her I was not going to talk about her in church today. So I, that was, I'm sorry. We're, we're kind of having a little conflict at our house because the doctor has told Lynette she needs to be wearing this boot for a certain amount of time. And if you'll look at my wife today, no boot. And so we kind of crossways today. But anyway, but, but you know, and, and, and how many people would love every afternoon to, for someone to say, you know, it's nap time, you know, let's go take a nap. And I'm all for that and would love to do it. It would be absolutely glorious. And, and then those of you who, who are parents now, a lot of you can relate to this, that once you become parents and have little kids, you know, sleep is basically non-existent, right? Uh, it, it's almost funny to me to see people with new little babies and they're like, oh, I'm so tired. And I'm like, you don't even know, you know, you just think you're tired now. Wait, 18 years of this, you're going to really be tired. <laughs> you know, you've just done it for seven days. Uh, but you know, I can remember when the twins were little and, and, you know, we'd get them put to bed after the 322nd glass of water and, you know, I want to drink, I need this, need that. We'd get them settled down and then we'd go to bed and just right as you're about to doze off, 
hear the pitter-patter of little feet coming, you know, and they come in your room, they climb up in your bed. A lot of y'all have real beds. Y'all have those king-size beds that your old family can lay in. We've always had a queen-size bed in our house. It wasn't big enough for all of us, and they'd climb up in there. One of them dreamed of every night of being a soccer player, and so, you know, he, he would kick and run and toss and turn, and he was the only one getting any sleep. And, and I often will tell parents that, you know, rest as you know it has come to an end, all right, just so you know. And they have no idea, but, but it's actually the truth. But being a parent is awesome. Uh, but you just don't get much rest uh, once that happens. Uh, I, I was reading some studies, and, and something that, that was very interesting to me, there was a study that says in kind of tracking people's sleep patterns, that back in the mid to late 1800s, all right, anybody alive back then, mid to eight, late 1800s, uh, people back then averaged at least 10 hours of sleep a night, right? And, and I got to thinking about it. And I said, well, they had nothing to do. <laughs> I mean, you know, they worked and they worked hard back then. They didn't have TV. You know, they wasn't staying up till 11 o'clock watching live PD last night. Anybody on that besides me? Uh, you know, so they, they, they were getting a, a lot more rest, 10 hours. Studies show today that the average person in civilized cultures gets anywhere from six to six and a half hours of sleep a night. And it's a continuing uh, downward trend of the amount of sleep and the rest that people are getting. And yet, you know, sleep and rest is exactly what we need in our lives. Uh, you're two to three times more likely to get sick or, or to catch something if you're exhausted. Anybody ever notice that? It's just when you get run down and worn down that you normally end up with the cold or, you know, the flu or something like that. It's because our bodies need that. So today we're going to talk about rest and we're not going to just talk about getting more, more sleep. But today I, I want us to focus on this principle that God gives us about rest for our souls. This break that we need uh, for our souls and for our spiritual lives to uh, receive a, a renewing and a refreshing there. And, and, you know, some of us may honestly feel like that we need a nap, but I believe that what we need is so much more uh, than just a nap. What we really need is for God to be allowed in our lives to come in and fill us and fill us up, fill us from head, uh, from uh, the top of our heads to the, the tip of our toes to, to do a work in our hearts and our lives to transform us. And I believe that that's what this commandment that we're going to be looking at today is really all about. And so we're back in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 5 and, and we're going to pick it up at verse 12 and we're going to look at this commandment man that God gives uh, to the Israelites. And again, these commandments are, are basic principles uh, for our lives, uh, our salvation. You know, our hope is in Jesus and what Jesus has done. Uh, you know, not in how good we are or how good we can be or how well we keep the rules or whether we can check off all of these commandments uh, that he's given us. But these 10 commandments can empower us to, to live a life of, of maximum satisfaction and minimum regret, all right? That's what these commandments are all about. As long as we stay within these, these great and awesome boundaries that God has given us for our lives. And we don't have to, but look at it from the standpoint of these are things that we get to do, okay? So we're going to pick it up in verse 12. God's word tells us this. 
Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it what? Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Now, Sabbath in the Hebrew language is a term that meant Saturday. Okay, so they were to take, it was this idea that they were to take Saturday as the day that they were to keep holy. It was this day that they were to, to, to set aside and, and they were to rest. And this was a day that they would dedicate to God and they would allow God to fill them back up. And we see this principle all throughout the Bible. If you pay attention to it and you look at it, even before these Ten Commandments were written, we see this idea and this principle even in uh, the creation story in the book of Genesis. All right, when God created the heavens and the earth and everything in the world, we see that on the seventh day, what does God do? All right, God rests. And God doesn't rest because he's tired. God doesn't rest because he's worn out. He's God, right? He doesn't get tired. He doesn't doesn't get worn out. So why does he rest? Well, he does it to set an example for creation. He does it to set an example and a model for us. And, and, And so even in creation, God created us. He created the world. He created us with this rhythm that God has wired into us. Okay, and and that rhythm is this, that you were created to work six days and to rest a day, right? Ever since creation, that's been the model, the example, the rhythm uh, of our lives is that you work six days and one day you rest and you take that day, you give it to God and you allow him to fill you back up. And it's just my, my opinion, but I would suggest that as a principle, this is probably one of the most violated principles in our culture today. Uh, even, even by believers, this is, this is something that I struggle greatly with. And I believe that we all do, even as believers, because what do we do? We go, 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 right? Seven days a week, we go at this pace, we go at this speed, because we can't get everything done that we want to do or we think that we've got to do, right? And so we go at this unbelievable pace. And I believe that God is suggesting to us in this principle, you know what? You can get more done in six days and one day's rest than you can get done in seven days going full steam. Right. And, and so I believe, you know, uh, that we, you know, that's what God's trying to teach us here in this is that we can get more, more accomplished in six days if we will take just one day uh, of rest. So the first thing that God's telling us here, if we want to be our best, then we must uh, invest in God's rest. OK. And the first thing that we should do is this pick a day. We should pick a day. Uh, and any I believe that it can be any day of the week that you could pick that you can find rest. Now, for the Jewish people, yes, it was Saturday. It it, it was Saturday. That was the Sabbath. It was the holy day that was set aside. But as you read throughout the Bible and you read into the New Testament, we see this idea that we've entered into Jesus' rest through salvation, right? Through what he has done, through what he has uh, accomplished for us. And it's no longer really about which day that it is. It's more about honoring this principle 
of giving him a day, of picking a day. That's why the early church, right? The early followers of Jesus, they celebrated Sabbath on Sunday. That's why we're here today. All right, they, they took that as their day of rest. So whatever day it is, I believe God's just saying, pick a day, work six, take one off, take a day of rest. Uh, let's think about it like this. And I know I use gas in our car as an example and illustration far too often, but folks, the struggle in my life is real. All right, it just is. But, but as you think about this, and we've talked about it before, our lives being a whole lot uh, like a gas tank, right? And so what do we do? We fill it up. We fill up the tank, right? We've, we've got it filled full. I mean, we even, you know, get squeeze that last drop that, that we can get it to hold off in there. And we fill it up. And then what do we do? We go, 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 right? I mean, Monday starts or whatever ever the first day of your work week is. And we take off and, and, and you know, we, we go to work. We're headed to work. We work all day and, and, and then we get off work. And what do we do when we get off work? Well, we go, 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 right? Because the kids got to go to ball practice and piano lessons and, and, and soccer practice and all these different things. And so we run, 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 run. We pick them up from school and, and we've got to get them to, to whatever they've got to go to. But first we got to run home because they forgot to put in the car this morning when you told them to put it in the car. So now you've got to run home. Now you're running behind, getting them to whatever they got to go to. So what do you do? You drive faster. Right? I mean, you just go faster. You're still going, but now you're going faster and you're burning more fuel. Right? You burn faster you go, the more gas you burn. And, and so, you know, and then we have family needs that have to be met. So we drop them off wherever they need to go. And then we run to Walmart or we run to, you know, the drugstore or, or the cleaners or whatever. We run through the gr- drive through and we grab a bite to eat or we grab, you know, supper for the evening. What are we doing? Burning more gas, burning more gas. We go, 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 go. And we do this all week long. This is our routine, right? Going, 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 running, 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 burning gas, burning gas, burning gas. And then we get a day off. And what do we do with our day off? Well, we do all the things that we didn't have time to do during the week, right? When we were going, 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 running, 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 working, working, working. And by this time, what's happening? We're starting to run low on fuel, (laughs) right? Starting to run low on gas, but we don't have time for that. So, you know, we keep going and going and going. And what is ultimately going to happen if we don't ever stop to refuel? You're going to run out of gas. And then where are you going to be? You're walking, <laughs> stuck on the side of the road, right? You're not, you're not going to be able to go anymore. You're going, you're going to come to a, a stop. And so, you know, we're going to completely run out of gas and, and we've emptied the tank, And so we can't go any further. Listen, when we're trying to live our lives like this, when we're trying to live our lives running on empty, it's next to impossible to live within this abundant life that God has for us. When we're out of fuel and we're out of gas and we're running on empty, it's it's next impossible to live in this sweet spot of life that God intends for us to live in within these boundaries that he set up. Right? And and so, you know, everybody uh, at home is the same way. If you're running on empty, chances are the rest of the people in your family are running on empty and they're tired and they're worn out. So, what happens then? You're all cranky. (laughs) I've been to your house. 
and you've been to mine. And when we get tired and we all get worn out in my house, we get grouchy and we get cranky and, and you get at each other's throats. Why is that? Because you're exhausted and you have absolutely nothing left in the tank and you can't go anymore. And, and so, you know, we're spent. And so, you know, I hear this all the time and I say it way too often at our house. I'll just, uh, you know, Lynette will come home and say, you know, how was your day? And I'll be like, I'm tired. <laughs> You know, that's, that's my response. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I need a break. Somebody give me a break. You know, and so we feel that way. We find, anybody can relate to this? Because some of you are asleep. Uh, you look like you needed some rest. Anyway, but we all get to this place in our lives. We get to this place where we're like, you know what? I just need to be filled back up. I, I need somebody to refuel me. I need to be renewed. I need to be refreshed. And don't miss this. Sabbath is not a day for you to fill yourself back up. Okay? The Sabbath is a day where we allow God to fill us up. We can't do that on our own. Okay? Uh, You allow God to fill you up. Why? Why do we allow God to fill us up? Because next week's coming. (laughs) Those next six days are are, are coming. And so we've got to have enough fuel in our tank. Remember what we talked about yesterday, uh, last Sunday. It's our responsibility to carry the name of Jesus. We represent the name of Jesus. And so I need him to fill me up so I can do that to bring him glory for the next six days. We need him. It's so important. It's important that we have fuel in our tank. For our our jobs, for our workplace, for our our family, for those things in our life that God wants us to enjoy, we're never going to enjoy them exhausted and worn out. We can't enjoy life and what God has for us if we're in that condition. And and you can have uh, this in your life, you know, if you stay within the boundaries and live by the principles that he has for us. And we don't have to. We don't have to. But we get to. All right, and so the Sabbath is a day that we set aside, a day that we set aside and say, all right, God, you know, here's the day, fill me up. Fill me up, give me the perspective that I need. Give me the energy that I need to represent you these next six days. Renew me, refresh me, rejuvenate me. Look at this, we'll move on. I want you to look at what Scripture goes on to say in, here in verse 13. Here, here's the principle, right? Here, here's the boundaries that he gives us to, to live within. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, right? There it is, six days for all the ordinary stuff. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest. Don't miss this. Dedicated to the Lord, your God. It's dedicated to God. It's a day that you set aside for Him. And I would say that the most powerful thing that you could do, not only for your spiritual life, but also for your physical health and your emotional health, is today, pick a day. Pick a day that is going to be your Sabbath. And some of you are sitting there thinking, because I know you. Because I know me. And you're sitting here thinking, oh, cute little sermon. (laughs) You don't know my life, 
right? You don't know my family. You don't know that I've got eight kids and they all play on different ball teams. <clears throat> you know, so, some, of, some of you are questioning it. You're thinking, I don't have any idea how busy you are. Now, God has no idea how busy you are. And you can't afford to take a day off. I believe God that's telling us today is that you can't afford not to. You can't afford not to. Stay within the boundaries that he's given you and we will see that six days with you and God is better than seven days of you on your own. Right? There, there's a rhythm that God has set up for our lives and that's why he gives us these principles uh, to live by and to live within. And, and some of you, honestly, if you don't get into this rhythm, right? I understand my dad's had heart stuff for years and years since I was senior in high school. It's on like a six pacemaker. <laughs> and uh, I understand how important it is for your heart to be in rhythm. Some of you know your heart's been out of rhythm. I would say the same danger lies in this rhythm of life. If we're not in rhythm, it's dangerous. It's not healthy. There is a rhythm that God has set up for our lives, and that's why he gives us these principles is to live our lives within that rhythm that he's created. And if you don't do that, if you don't live in this rhythm that God's designed for you, you're going to wreck your life. You're going to wreck your relationships, and you're going to destroy the things that matter most to you. So God set up a rhythm. So set a day, all right, block a day, put it on your calendar, say, this is the day where I rest. And if you have, have to and you have people that look at your calendar or, 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 you know, other people can schedule your time other than you, then just put on your calendar like a 24-hour meeting, <laughs> you know, block it. Do, it. do it on purpose, and yes, I know that there are a lot of demands on many of you, and, and no doubt about it, there's a lot going on, but we have to set a day aside. God put it in the Ten Commandments. It was so important. And, and then the second principle is this, when we invest in God's rest and we set this day aside then we have to know what it is that fills us, know what it is that, that refuels us. Now, we're going to get to the, the ultimate thing that refuels us here in just a little bit, but, but I would suggest that there are some things uh, in your life that refuel you, renew you, and refresh you uh, when you're spending time with God and, and taking a day off. And so we need to learn and know what those things are. And the things that drain you, eliminate from that day. All right, so when you pick a day, you're going to eliminate the things that are draining the fuel tank and you're going to find things that fuel you uh, on that day that you take. We have to know what it is that refuels you because you can't fill your gas tank with sugar, right? I mean, and expect to go anywhere. I mean, you can fill it with sugar. Go ahead and try it and call me and let me know how that went for you. But you know, we've got to, we got to know what it is that fills us and, and fills us in our own lives. Check this out. Back to verse 14. He gives us some more details about this. He doesn't just say, you know, uh, take the Sabbath and, and keep it holy, right? He, he goes on to explain why. He gives us reasons here. He says, on that day, no one in your household may do any work. On that day, 
dedicated to God on that Sabbath day that you pick, no one in your household may do any work. It doesn't say no one in your household should. It says no one in your household may do any work. This includes you. This includes your sons and daughters. This includes your male and female servants. And then he goes on to talk about the farm animals. <laughs> this includes your oxen and your donkeys and other livestock and any foreigners that are living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. So here's the idea. Uh, th this day that God is talking about here of setting aside. It's a day off for everybody, but more importantly, what I see here is that it's a day off for everything. All right? Dad chores don't fill you up, so don't do dad chores on your Sabbath, right? If laundry is a nightmare for you and it drains you, draw the line, all right? Don't do laundry on your Sabbath. Don't do it on your day of rest. You've got to have things in your life, on your Sabbath, in that day, that fill you up. And God goes on to say, and even the oxen get time off. Even the animals get time off. Why would he say that? Why would he include the animals and the oxen and the donkeys uh, in this? Well, because God knows that the oxen and the donkeys and the animals were their means of production. Right? He, he knew this. And, and, and so, you know, he says, uh, because they're how you make your living, they're these things in your life, they need a break as well. Give them a break. Give everything a break. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, today, I, I don't have any oxen at my house. I don't know if y'all have any oxen. We have a Husqvarna. But, uh, you know, uh, I I don't know what our oxen might look like today, but maybe even our computer gets a day off. Maybe even your mobile device gets a day off. Oh, uh-uh. I'm sorry. I just offended like most of you here. I'm so sorry. I would like to keep my job. You stay tethered to that. Even social media gets a day off. But for, for some of us, our mode of production, our oxen, is our phone or our computer. And that, that's what we live on. That's what we're always engaging with. And, and, I, and I'll just tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, I said this in second service today, and I have found myself, and those of you that know me know that whatever I'm feeling, my face says it. I, I can't help it. If I'm in pain, you see it on my face. If, you know, I, if Lynette's annoying me, she, I mean, I don't even have to say it. It just is there. It's on my face. I can't help it. So my face says, yeah, there I go again. I'm not going to get any of that fried chicken for lunch. But I, I, I found in, in watching people lately, and, and I believe it's because this is, is something that I struggle with on my own, but I have found th that I'm noticing more and more and more the number of people that I walk up to or encounter or see walking by that are like this right here. And it is starting to get to where it annoys me greatly for that to happen. And because I'm sitting here thinking, you know, 
You got all this and you can't get out of this, right? And it's because I've, I've had the own strug- that own struggle and I'm dealing with it and I'm working with it in my own life. But if I walk up to you and you're like this and I look annoyed, I am, just so you know. Uh, but but it, it's because we are so attached to these things, right? We think we cannot live without it. And, and so I believe what God is saying to us here is everything needs a break, Right. And and I understand it. Some of you, you know, you have jobs that aren't nine to five. I can relate. All right. I I can relate that every time the phone rings, someone expects you to answer it and to be there and, and to be available. And anything can happen at any time when we pick up the phone. Uh, a, a guy called me this week. It was almost funny. A guy called me this week and I answered the phone. He said, you answered your phone. And I was like, it's what I do. If I don't pick it up, it's because I'm, you know, talking to somebody else more than likely on the phone. But, but it's what we do, you know, and you don't know what's coming on the other end, but you pick it up because it's what you do. And, and you know, I, I'm preaching to me more than I am anybody else right now. I, I would tell you for sure. But I would suggest that we need a day where we turn it off. Turn off the phone, turn off the computer. You can let people know how they can get in touch with you if they have an emergency. I, I don't know about you Android people, but iPhone has this really awesome button now that if you look for it, you can find it. And it's called Do Not Disturb. Yeah, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and I'm using it. All right? I, I, but you can also go in there and you can set up contacts that can get in touch with you if, they, if, if you set them up to allow to get through that. So your phone will ring if it's your mother or your spouse or whatever. So you can, you can get around that. And, and so, you know, I would just believe that God's suggesting here, give the oxen a break, right? Give, give everything a, a break because this race of life is not a sprint, all right, it, it's a marathon. And some of you that are runners, you understand the importance of this rhythm that I'm talking about, pacing yourself, right? We're not in this for the short, short term. We, we're in it for the long haul. And so we've got to stay healthy and productive for our life, for our family, for our marriages. Our mission to build the kingdom is affected when we're exhausted and tired. This is a a long-term race. So let me ask you, what fills you? What is it that fills you? And and for some of you, you may get renewed, refreshed by being around other people. I mean, that may energize you, being around positive people. That might, you know, that that, that might really be your thing that fills you. For others, you may be like me. What fills me is being alone, (laughs) right? I I mean, there's nothing more refreshing and filling to me than being alone and, and things just being quiet. Uh, that's why I have a boat, <laughs> all right? And if you see me pulling a boat or in a boat, more than likely, I'm alone because that's my thing. I know that is how God refills me and refuels me, and that's how I get re-energized is in and through those things. And, and my day is Monday, and I do my dead-level best to set aside Monday as, as my time to just uh, put things in my life that will fill me, refuel me, refresh me, and renew me and prepare me for the next six days, right? I I know a lot of us uh, think of the Sabbath as as being on a Sunday, and that's for a lot of people, that's the case. For me, that's not the case, right? And so I make my day Monday, and I try to set that aside. 
For some of you, maybe it's getting out in nature. I've heard lots of guys talk about hunting and, and, and doing things like that. And they say, you know, I just, it, it just re- renews me. And, and, and I have the, this connection with God and just the quiet and gives me time. And, and I understand that. I mean, uh, a, lot of, a lot of times uh, people need that if that's what, re- you know, gives you rest and, and relaxation. For some of you, it's music, and you can just turn on some music, and you know you can even have on music and clean the house and be refreshed by doing that because music is is your thing. Listen, here's the deal: it's different for all of us because we're all wired differently. We all have different things in our lives. God created all of us different, so we have to figure out what is it in our life that drains us and what is it in our life that fills us. And when we take this Sabbath day, we allow it to fill us. We use the things that are filling and eliminate the things that are draining. So what fills you up? Not just in general, but spiritually. What is it that makes you feel stronger and more connected to God? That's what the Sabbath is for. So pick a day. All right, pick a day. Find what fills you. And then the last thing this morning is this. Rest in Him. All right? Invest in God's rest by resting in Him. Now, that always sounds really good, doesn't it? Well, I'm just going to rest in God, you know. And, 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 you know, maybe you look at that and go, sounds good, but I don't know how. You know, it sounds like a great idea, but I'm not exactly sure where I'm supposed to be laying. <laughs> you know, how, how do I rest in God? Well, it, it's, it's this idea of that we can rest in who we are. Right? We can rest in whose we are. We can rest in the fact that he's our daddy and he's got this. Right? We can rest in, in what he has for us. And, and here's the deal. The Sabbath to the Israelites, and, and I think this is an important piece of this. The Sabbath to the Israelites was also a time for them to remember what they had been through their past, right? What was behind them. But now God is saying to them here in this text, you're, you're in a different part of life now. You're in a different season uh, of life now. I want you to look on uh, uh, what he goes on to say about it here in verse number 15. He says this, remember, and this is how he started out the 10 commandments, right? When we started this, remember, right? That you were once slaves, in Egypt. Remember that? Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but do you remember how I rescued you? And we talked about that in week one. But the Lord, your God, brought you out with his strong hand and his powerful arm. That is why, now he's given us this command to keep the Sabbath holy. And now he's telling you why it's important. Right? He's saying, this is why the Lord, your God, has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath today. Here's why this is so important. Because slaves don't get a day off. Slaves didn't get any rest. And this was a million plus people that were coming out of slavery. Okay? So God's showing them, here's what you're going to get to do now, right? Because you've been a slave in the past. Let me show you, you got a vacation coming right? You get a day off now. You've never had a day off before, right? Look at this opportunity. It's not what you have to do now. It's what you get to do now, 
right? I'm giving you this rest. And there was this million plus people that had just come out of, of slavery. And, and, and he's saying, you know what? You're not slaves anymore. That's not who you are anymore, right? You, that, that's not what you do. That's not how you live anymore. And, and, and so now he's saying, everybody, everything, all of you, day off. Take a day off. And this was a whole new way of thinking. This was a whole new way of living because this was living in freedom and not bondage. This was living in freedom and, and, and not slavery because here's the deal. God knows the, the reason he keeps telling them, remember where you came from is because our tendency is to want to go back. He knows that our tendency is, is, is want to go back to the old ways of life, to go back to our old habits, to go back to what held us in bondage and, and in slavery. So, so now listen to what Jesus said over in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 11, uh, verses 28 and 29. Jesus said this, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Right? So are you tired? Are, are you worn out? Come to me, Jesus said, and I will give you rest. Who will give you rest? Jesus said, I'll be the one that will give you rest, and here's how it's going to happen. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He says, I'm going to show you how to find this rest. Don't go back and pick up that load. <laughs> All right? Let me teach you this. If you'll walk with me, I'm carrying the load, right? Don't go back and pick up that load. Don't go back and pick up that burden. Don't go back to slavery. Don't go back to, to bondage. He says, walk with me. I, I've got this. You just rest. You're no longer a slave. You're my kid, right? You're no longer a slave. You're no longer under the weight of that bondage. You're, you're free now. So live like it. Live like a free person lives, Right? And you don't have to live in worry. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to be a slave to the things of this world. Jesus says you're free. And he says, and oh, by the way, those who I set free are free indeed. There's not even a freedom like that in the United States of America. He says, those who I have set free are free indeed, and you're no longer a slave. If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ and you walk with him, he says, you've got all of these freedoms, all of these freedoms. And those who are free, he says, find rest. Those who are free, find rest. That They live by the principles and the guidelines of the rescuer. Right, of our Father who says that we get to live by now. We don't have to live like a slave going crazy seven days a week. <laughs> right? We're free from that now. We get a day off. You need a day off to enjoy the life that God has for you. And He intended for you to live and enjoy. And this is so important. This is why he put it in the Ten Commandments. It's why it's in the top ten. Because it's that important. We don't have to do life on our own. We get to do life with Jesus, who, oh, by the way, gives us rest. 
right? And every night when we go to bed and close our eyes, and this is a pretty, pretty basic principle, but it, it should be more significant to us than, than it probably is. But every night when we close our eyes, we should remember, I'm not God. Every night when we close our eyes, we ought to remember, you know what, that we're not God. You know what? We're about to go offline for about six hours, <laughs> Right? Six plus hours. We're checking out. Right? And and so we have no idea what's going on. But you know what? The universe still moves. God still works. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. So you know what? You can give your cares and your worries to God because he's going to be up all night anyway. Right? And so just give them to him and say, here, you're not going to sleep. You take them. I'm taking a nap. I'm going to sleep. We can give them to him. And the same thing happens in the rhythm of a week. You can pick a day and, and you can give it to God. But we go, you know what? Well, I, you know, I need to make more money. Listen, God provides for his people. But I can't get it all done. Well, God will help you get done what you can never get done in your own power and your own strength. Uh, So you set aside a day and and say, God, I'm going to dedicate it to you. I'm going to make it holy to you. Maybe I'm going to read your word. Maybe I'm going to listen to worship music. Maybe I'm going to spend time in prayer. Maybe I'm going to go to church. I mean, that's why most of you are, are here right now. It's because this is your day that you've set aside to worship. But, but can I, I just tell you, after church is over, it doesn't have to end, right? Your rest and your worship doesn't have to end when you pull out of the parking lot and you can still engage in things that, that feel you spiritually and help you feel close and rest in God. And, and listen, this principle, and I need to close, I know I'm out of time. This principle, this command that God gives us, I promise you, if we can get this right and get this figured out in our lives, it's going to help you in your life, all right? It's going to help you in your job. It's going to help you in your work. It will help you in your family. It will help you in your marriage because you're going to fight less and love more, right? It will help you pursue the, the dreams and the passions that God has, has put in your heart and your life. Think about it. We can't pursue our dreams and our passions and these things that we really enjoy doing if we're tired, worn out, and exhausted, can we? We, we, we have no desire to do that. But if we all live by this principle of rest and being refilled and refueled, then we'll have what we need to be able to pursue this life that God has for us. And honestly, today, this is probably, again, the most violated commandment of all of them, but probably one of the very most important. Remember the Sabbath. It's a day of rest. And he says, keep it holy in your life. Protect it. It's so very important. Let me pray for us. God, today, my prayer is just that your Holy Spirit would continue to work in our lives, that we would allow you to do the work that you want to do in our lives, in our families, in our church. 
I thank you today for being our rescuer. It's a great reminder as we go through this of just what we've been rescued from ourselves. I thank you that we're no longer slaves. We're no longer a slave to sin because you freed us of that bondage. You freed us of that bondage if we've accepted you and placed our faith in you as our Lord and Savior. And and God, I pray today that if there is someone that's here today that's still living in the bondage of their sin, that that today uh, they would come to you and today would be a day that they find freedom. That that they would trust you to, to free them uh, of what binds them, that you would free them to what burdens them. And, and I pray that today would be their day of, uh, of freedom and salvation, that they would pray a prayer to you right now, surrendering their life to you, and that you'll give them rest. God, I want to thank you again today for your love for us and all that you've given us in our lives. Thank you for the privilege that we have to take a day of rest. Not just the privilege, but the King of kings and Lord of lords has given us permission (laughs) to take a day off, to set aside a day to recuperate and rejuvenate our hearts and our lives, remembering who you are, remembering whose we are. And I pray today that you would motivate us and that you would inspire us to take whatever steps it is that we need to take to get this right. That you would give us the wisdom, you, you would give us whatever, whatever we need to get into this rhythm uh, for our lives that you intended for us to live in. And as we walk with you, God, you promise us rest. And I want to thank you today for your rest. It's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. God bless you. Hope you have an absolutely wonderful day and you're able to stay in a cool spot most of it. Never stop, never stop, never stop.